Welcome from the deep. I am Mike the Finder. And I am Book of Brett. And today we're going to be talking about the 2023 film Infinity Pool. But before we get to that, I do just want to remind everybody, if you're listening to this on the podcast side of things, make sure you jump over to the YouTube channel. There's a lot of YouTube content that does not make it over to the podcast section of things. And if you're only watching this on YouTube, make sure you check us out on any of your favorite podcatchers, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any one of those that one would use to listen to podcasts. Uh, you can find us there just from the deep. Uh, we try leave to a rating. Leave yes, a rating. make sure you leave a rating if you're doing that. Uh, we try to remember to post links on both sides of things so that people can find these things if they want to down in the description. Now that all the housekeeping stuff's out of the way, um, what? tell me what you knew going into Infinity Pool, because I know uh, when we first when we first talked about this, I, I think you had said you didn't know anything about it, right? I didn't know anything about it. I, I had not heard of it. Um, I did not know the director going into it. Um, uh, which I mean, after watching it, I don't know if that would have helped anyway. I didn't know who was starring in it. I didn't know the premise. Like, I didn't know anything about this movie. Since you didn't know anything about it going into it, do you think that helped or did that hurt you? You think after now having watched it, dude, I don't know. I, 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 I don't, I don't know. I think it probably would have hurt a little bit. Uh, simply because the premise to this already felt like I've seen this a million times before. And had I known that it takes place at a resort and some drama happens at a resort, I would have been like, okay, this is old. This is White Lotus. This is, you know, any other thing. So I probably would have had some pretty negative feelings going into it um, had I known what it was about going into it. So I definitely think going into a blind is the best course of action. Well, that's that's kind of what I did. I knew the director going into this. Uh, and so I had some expectations set just because of the director. I also really like Possessor, which was his film from 2020. Um, kind of a sa kind of the same vibe, but leans way heavier on the whole sci fi near future thing. I had watched not even a quarter of the trailer. And so I stopped it like I was watching it right before we went to go see it because we both did see this in theaters, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, this did premiere at Sundance and people loved it. Uh, and when I watched the trailer, I was like, this is something I really want to see. I think having some context um, of the director maybe gives you some better ideas going into this, what you're kind of walking into. Um, but not everybody needs or wants that. So it kind of depends right. on it kind of depends on you. So. Uh, as we usually do, why don't you give us a synopsis of what this movie is about? It's basically about a couple staying at a resort who uh, end up meeting a, another couple. Um, they end up getting into some trouble with the law, finding out that there's a loophole in there. And then uh, the husband ends up kind of getting ingrained deeper and deeper into what turns out to be kind of a culty kind of thing. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, and as we usually do, we like to compare Brett's synopsis to IMDb. So let's jump over to the podcast drive in here. Uh, Infinity Pool from 2023. It's rated R. This cut that we saw is rated R. <clears throat> and I will say, I know that there is an NC-17 cut out there. I, Which think. I can't believe that's even still a rating. Well, I didn't even know NC-17 was so I saw I saw a uh, interview with Brandon Cronenberg, the director and writer of this movie, and he said that the reason they didn't leave it as an NC-17 is because it 
pretty much guarantees that there are no theatrical releases of your movie when it's an NC-17. Um, and okay. so he knew going into it, he was going to have to make an R cut of this film. And he did cut both of them. Uh, and he said, there's some shots in the R cut that are not in the NC-17 and vice versa, obviously. Um, there's a lot more nudity and stuff in the NC-17 version, obviously. Um, but this is an hour and 57 minutes. Again, the R cut is what we're talking about here. Written and directed by Brandon Cronenberg. It stars Alexander Skarsgård, Mia Goth, and Cleopatra Coleman. And then the uh, IMDb synopsis. James and M. Foster are enjoying an all-inclusive beach vacation in the fictional island of Toloka? I can't remember how they pronounce it. Um, when a fatal Toka. accident... Okay. Okay. When a fatal accident exposes the resort's perverse subculture of hedonistic tourism, reckless violence, and surreal horrors. Um, so I mean that's that's similar to what you said. I I, I after you read that, I kind of wish I'd known that going into this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will say the the half of the trailer that I did see makes this seem like a little bit more of a straightforward horror movie than it actually is. Um. I would not call this a horror movie. Oh, I definitely would. I definitely would. Um, if I, it, it, we're get, we're 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 gonna get into if this were a horror movie for me, what it would be as a horror movie. Um, well, and IMDb here has it listed as a crime horror mystery. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily agree with all of those, but um, yeah. What's so, the rating? Uh, it's a six point nine out of ten. So, uh, and it's actually going up in popularity. It's number 12 right now on IMDb. So, mm. um, okay. So I, I want to know how you felt about this because I have a lot of thoughts about this and this movie is pretty layered. Um, and yeah, and I will um, also say, like I said earlier, I think knowing the sort of context around Brandon Cronenberg a little bit. Uh, if you want to get into that before we talk about this, I think might help. But um, yeah, yeah, let's do that. OK, let's I, do that. I mean, because here's School me, senpai. Here's the thing. Um, Brandon Cronenberg uh, made Possessor a few years ago, and it was pretty successful, not hyper successful. His very first movie was antiviral. I don't know if you remember antiviral. It's from 2012. Um, mm -mm. I never saw antiviral, but I did see Possessor. And Possessor is one of those movies that's kind of sci-fi-ish. Um, and I will just read the, because this helps a little bit. Uh, I'll read the synopsis here. An agent works for a secretive organization that uses brain implant technology to inhabit other people's bodies, ultimately driving them to commit assassinations for high-paying clients. Um, and I did see an interview with um, Brandon Cronenberg where he did say that Infinity Pool is lightly tied to to Possessor because Possessor is more of a near future sort of a thing, whereas Infinity Pool is now. But they, the only thing that is different is they have this one piece of technology that may be available in the future, like Possessor, but it's only one country. So, so is it connected because he said he is? It said it is, or is it connected because there's something in the story that I missed that makes them connected? Um, now, I haven't seen Possessor in a few years, um, but as far as I can tell, it's connected because he says it is. Uh, and I, somebody, please correct me if I'm wrong about that. Um, but as far as da David Cronenberg, we all know, um, is his father. Who? <laughs> he did Dead Ringers, Crash, The Fly. He's he's done some amazing films. Um, 
Yep. And they just keep going and going and going. I know you love Naked Lunch. Um, love it. I've got I got the um uh uh what's that collection called? The Criterion uh, Collection. Criterion Collection. Yeah, in fact, hang on just one second because everybody should probably see this. There it is. The oops. As with most of them, the cover to the Criterion Collection for Naked Lunch is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that is really it's good. So cool. Yeah. Um, he also did Videodrome, which is my I think my favorite from him. Scanners is also a really good one. If you've never seen Rabbit, it's a really cool take on the whole kind of zombie thing. Um, Shivers is another good one. I, I mean, yeah. you could just keep going with this guy's with this guy's um, directing credits. And and look at this: seventy six wins and eighty six nominations total. Um, the Christ. dude has been around and is very well respected in the uh, film community. So. Yeah. That leads us to Brandon Cronenberg, which is his son. Uh, he's he's seven or eight years older than we are. Um, and so I think he's sort of in our generation, maybe just a little bit older. I think putting this guy's um, story the last few years into context gives Infinity Pool some extra context that you may need before we start really talking about it. Um, okay. A few years ago, he put out Possessor and it was it was it came out really well and a lot of people really loved it it's been three years since he did that um and from what i have read about him he had some serious writer's block going on going into writing infinity pool he wrote infinity pool in 2014 or so um and when you compare that to james the protagonist of infinity pool i think you start to get a better idea of what this movie is about uh it's about suckling off the teat of rich people and not having anything to um, to give yourself because you were sort of born into it and happened to luck into it, which is a lot like James, our writer. Uh, he has put out one film that was universally sort of panned, um, and he's been feeling a lot of internal pressure to come out with his next book, um, much like Brandon Cronenberg with Possessor. Obviously, he made antiviral, but with Possessor going into Infinity Pool, I think there's a lot of self-reflection going on in this movie. Uh, that is sort of layered sort of deeply within all of the trippy visuals and the, the weirdo pseudo story that's going on. Um, and so I just wanted to give some of that context to who Brandon Cronenberg is with a, you know, with his famous dad and feeling a lot of the pressure and shit of, of making a movie um, in the same world that his dad comes from. And so you're already held to this higher standard. A lot of people are assuming that you were sort of grandfathered in because of your father. Um, and, and I've seen a lot of people say that infinity pool would never get a theatrical release if anyone else directed it because he's allowed to be weirder than other people might be able to given that circumstance. Um, and, and I think all start. of this stuff plays into what infinity pool is about. Um, so with that context, why don't you go ahead and let me know your overall thoughts on this movie? I did not like this movie. <laughs> oh, um, okay. I felt I, 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 I didn't. I didn't. I, I just I just didn't like this movie. Uh, it felt derivative of so many other things I've seen recently. Um, like what? It felt white lotus comes to mind um old comes to mind but th um, but that's just the that, resort 
stuff, right? Like that's well, it's not just the resort stuff. It's the rich people at a resort. Something goes wrong with the rich people at the resort, and then we come. I mean, you know, the the end. The ending is interesting, and some of the events are interesting, but it also felt very disjointed to me. Um, I didn't. Uh, it, I was reminded of something that you say quite often with movies, which is I didn't give a shit about these characters did not care about these characters because there's no character development there. I, I, I really, really felt like there was, I mean, there is a little bit, I don't want to say there's none, but there's very little character development. And so it really feels the whole thing felt like a Cadbury egg stuffed with tartar sauce. Like you've got this really nice shell and you've got this really nice frame that all of these images live in. But the thing that's in the middle, the juicy center that's supposed to be where all of the important stuff lies didn't feel like it was there for me. Um, I will say the imagery is beautiful. The uh, cinematography is good. I hate the color grade in this movie. Um, I don't like the, I, I, I don't like the, un, I'm seeing it a lot lately. I don't like the underexposed color grade that I'm seeing in a lot of movies now. And it definitely seems to be like an A24 kind of thing. Um, I know A24 didn't do this no, one. No, I think this is neon, if I'm not mistaken. It is neon. Yeah, you're right. Um, but it's, it, it's becoming more and more of a thing. And I just personally don't like it. Um, that doesn't really go into my opinion of the movie itself. It just goes into my opinion of kind of, again, the, the color grade, but to each their own as well. Um, but the uh the premise also felt what did i write goofy the premise felt goofy to me like we're in this country and their what one of their rules is if you kill somebody their son is allowed to kill you that's like it feels very like m night shamalanian if that makes any sense Shyamalanian I, I yeah no, no I said that on purpose because I love that now that that's come out of my mouth um and again and I apologize by the way for the sniffling I've got like a cold or something going on but um yeah I just do I just I I didn't I couldn't get into this movie I've got a lot of uh a lot of notes that uh, luckily the, the the lady at the theater was nice enough to give me a pen and paper so I could write down what Mike described as the ramblings of a madman. <laughs> um, but um, a lot of the notes that I took were just um, as far as the uh, were a lot of them were like um, uh, one. I did. I miss the character development. Uh, pretty images with no substance, which is honestly, I felt that way at the beginning. And then as the movie started going along, there was a certain point where in the theater, luckily there were a lot of people. I pulled up my phone to look up who the director was. And that's when I found out who the director was. And I went, oh, okay, it's Cronenberg's kid. Some of this makes sense. But even Cronenberg has a lot of like really out there stuff going on in his movies. But it feels connected. It feels solid. And I didn't get that with Infinity Pool. Interesting. Um, I mean, I highly disagree with just about everything you just said. We should mention this is going to be spoiled like crazy. So, yeah, uh, there's no way to talk about this movie without spoiling it. So I think this is 
layered really well. And I think the self progression or the character progression in this movie uh, is outstanding. And there are things in this film that don't outright, they don't outright tell you what's happening. I think the clone thing has some like dream logic behind it. It's, it doesn't make, yeah. it doesn't make perfect it's sense. It's very but surreal. It's very surreal. And it's got a lot of dream logic. Like, um, yeah. you know, I think as far as this country having a law, um, letting you sort of the sun either kill you or if you have enough money, um, you can sort of pay to have a clone made of yourself. I think if we look at it as far as kind of the way you were looking at the menu, uh, I think this is a much better statement on rich people and privilege and money and and how the West sort of views the kind of the rest of the world. Um, I think this is uh, this is a better statement on all of those type of things than the menu was um, because it's not quite as like duh to me. Right. Um, it, right. The, the meanings are more layered than they are in the menu where the menu is like, aren't rich people terrible. This is more like, um, I think, I think the whole clone thing is sort of more of a metaphor of letting part of yourself die. The more horrible, oh, for sure. the more yeah. horrible shit that you do. And the more, yeah. the more hedonistic things you fall into, um, more of yourself continues to die which is why I think the ending works so goddamn well. Um, I, I've seen a lot of people have a lot of problems with the ending, but I personally yeah. think the ending is beautiful. And I, and I think that it ties everything together in a really good way. We'll save really talking about the ending till later. Um, but, but I think, man, I think that the, a lot of the, the meaning in this movie is buried under what they're actually showing you. Um, mm -hmm. And if you take it that way, I think you get a lot more out of it. And I think the entire movie is sort of about um, Brandon kind of living off of his father's name, right? Um, putting out Possessor and then trying to to have great success again and even more so with your second outing, even though this is technically his third outing. Um, and trying to make something again and and living off of the rich and having no income and falling into sex abuse or sexual um addiction and drug abuse and 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 trying to sort of deflate your own ego i think this is all about all of that and well, don't you think it's a little uh, there's something i can't i can't really put my finger on it but there's something about somebody born into wealth um and, and regardless of the director thing because i'm not gonna hold him being born to a uh, a famous director against his movie that's not a fair judgment yeah. but there is something about the wealth aspect to me of when somebody raised in wealth set, talking about how much the things they've been able to take advantage of are bad there's something a little hypocritical about that to me Oh, well, yeah, for sure. But I also think that the, the fact that this movie exists at all is a statement of him, at least at, at the very least, being self-aware enough to realize right. that fair. that he, you know, had these opportunities. And I and I read he didn't even go to film school till he was like 25 or something. He didn't um, have to. He lived. He lived well, with a professor. Well, but no, that's the thing is like, <laughs> Not, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, like, that's that's awesome. Like, right. he didn't have to. I, I found this quote pretty interesting and i think it's sort of applicable to what we're talking about here um whenever whenever i was looking up stuff on imdb uh this first one it says the assumption that i was going to get into film by people i didn't know kind of put me off 
When I was 24, I decided that maybe it was not a good reason to avoid doing something that was interesting to me. So I enrolled in full film school. Um, I think that's really interesting. Where's Ryerson? Um, I'm actually not sure. We can find out real quick. I'm sure it's Canada. I'm just just curious. Oh, they're Canadian. I didn't know they were Canadian. Yeah, it's in Ontario. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I think all this is applicable to what we're talking about. This is... um, I think this is a really self-reflective film as far as Brandon Cronenberg goes. And yeah. and if you don't know, this is why I think the context is important to this movie. Because if you don't know any of that going into this, this is sort of all over the place. Uh, but when you sort of attach the idea they, yeah. of somebody who's been given a lot and sort of lucked into something, um, trying to find out who they are, that is where your character progression comes from. And, and it makes more sense that Alexander Skarsgård is falling into this sort of thing because he's looking for meaning and looking for inspiration for his art. So I I think that's where a lot of this stuff comes from. Um, And, and I understand people not loving it because this is definitely an acquired taste. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's definitely there for, um, for sort of, I don't know, figuring out what it means for you. Um, well, and that's that's why I said like my, my my biggest issues when I came out of it because now now to be fair, when I called you last night, I called you and I was borderline angry that you had made me go and see this movie. Well, let but me ask after, you this: Were you still thinking about it when you woke up? Uh, I was reflecting on it, not because of it sticking with me, but because of me going. You know, you were pretty angry about that last night. Like, like I like I'm not gonna lie, like watching it, I I just felt it felt very um it felt very pretentious. Um it's definitely uh, it, pretentious. It's an incredibly pretentious movie. The biggest problem I had with it is when on the last episode where we talked about the problem with elevated horror. Yeah, I will link that up top right now down and down in the description. And down in the description. At one point, we talked about uh, there being a difference between elevated horror and a movie that's created with the idea of elevated horror in mind. This feels like he wanted to create an elevated horror movie. Um, And that was one of the biggest problems I had with it, because when it's intentional, um, the pretentiousness takes on a bit of a different meaning at that point. Um, whereas when the, uh, audience or the viewers sitting there going, oh, that was elevated horror, like there's pretentiousness in it, but it's usually in an element of the story that makes the story what it is. Whereas this felt like just, I'm going to be pretentious. And that was a really, really big turnoff for me. And I think that's what like, at, for when, when and I'd also, let's be honest, I was drinking at the theater too. And so like, I called you and I was like, I hated it. I hated it. Why did you go make me watch that movie? And then the more like I really thought about it, like that was one of the reasons why after the theater, I went over to the, uh, the bar in the theater to have a beer and like, really like think about it and everything. And the more I did, the more I realized that the message is not the issue for me. The cinematography isn't the issue for me. The acting isn't the issue for me. The structure 
is where I had most of my problems because it feels so disjointed and all over the place. Uh, luckily, there aren't like um, a ton of plot holes that I could really like uh, point out, except for the fact that miraculously the f the the car's headlights aren't working but then after they strike a solid object that probably weighs 200 pounds somehow they work just fine again that was the only part of the movie where i was like that 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 didn't make sense <laughs> but but it just, it just didn't make sense it was just a huge glaring plot hole to me but other than that my biggest issue was in the structuring of it not the pacing but more just how everything like really connects well i would say that it's structured that way on purpose to give you a sense of anxiety and falling down this rabbit hole in the same way that james is uh i, I think it's but, uh, but I, I think I it's reflective of well i think it's reflective of everything that he's going through and we're experiencing it through him and so right. i think that the structure being kind of all over the place is is on purpose to make you feel that anxiety and and that dread and that that sense of I have no idea what I'm doing um, from the character's perspective. Mm -hmm. You don't you don't know? <laughs> uh, no, no, I don't agree with that. Um, I, I, I just I, I mean, I'm sure it was on purpose, but that didn't um, it didn't give me the. I, I don't know. I just it, it dude. It was it was a huge throw off to me. I just felt like we were jumping from one scene to the next, um, and a lot of the times we were doing it very, uh, very, very haphazardly. That's that's, that's felt, really though. interesting because I I kept thinking, um, I mean, I, at some points I hate James. At some points I really feel sorry for him. At some points I, I really him like most him. Of the time, most um, of the time I hate him. I I I felt myself kind of liking him and disliking him on and off but i also i also felt like um that sometimes it feels like a home invasion movie sometimes it feels like a psychological thriller sometimes it feels like a straight horror movie um and, and but i think that it does all of those things well from jumping from one thing to another um mm -hmm. because it's developed well enough as far as the idea behind it which is what i'm saying about the structure I think he's doing that on purpose to fuck with your head to make right. you feel scrambled and shit in this in the exact same way that James is doing as he falls more into this hedonistic shit that he's doing. So yeah. I just felt like it was on purpose. That's fair. I mean, and and, and it might be. Um, but again, it just it's it's not just that being the only problem it's that in conjunction with the other things that to me were a problem and i got i gotta say i really think most of my issues really kind of are born out of the fact that i don't give a shit about any of these characters i don't care about any of them because they're either terrible or i don't and or i don't know enough about them um, I, I think the only person you should give a shit about his james whether you like him right. or hate him i i think that's the one person that you're supposed to really care about and maybe am a little bit but i mean everybody else is there to sort of lead him down a path that he would not otherwise take uh, and right. you're kind of supposed to hate them i think no i know you're supposed to hate them but again in combination with of the when you combine it with the fact that i don't care about them either then it just it, it, it kind of becomes something a little well that's what i mean you don't point. care about them I, that's what right. i'm saying like they're not i don't think they're there 
to serve a great purpose as far as like character arcs and stuff. They are right. there to lead James down a path that he wouldn't otherwise go down. So it just, I mean, I, I see what you're saying, but you don't care about James either. No, not really. Cause he's just a character in a screen to me. I mean, I learned his name and then I learned that he's got writer's block. I mean, there, I, I just feel like there wasn't, I just feel like there wasn't enough character developing for him for me to give a shit about well, him. I feel I like mean, I'm just, that, that's I feel fair. like I came in. I, I feel like I came into episode two of a five part miniseries. That's that, <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's more we, how it felt. We to me. Also I feel learned, like I, I missed something there. Well, we also learned that he's married to M. M is the daughter of or granddaughter of somebody who has a huge publishing house. Um, and so James sort of we find this out more later than we do at the beginning, but James sort of fell ass backwards into being able to release with this massive publishing house. Um, and, and it's kind of because his relationship with M was so good that her grandfather mm-hmm. sort of gifted him kind of a, a published piece. Um, mm-hmm. And we also find out that this has been causing problems between the two of them. Uh, we kind of find this out when we go to uh, the beach with, with Mia goth and her husband um, that, you know, this has been causing sort of issues between them and he feels sort of emasculated because she's got all of the money. He doesn't have anything to really offer in this relationship. And she makes jokes about the, that she's only with him to piss off her dad. Cause her dad told her not to fall in with a writer and, and all of these things. I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot more depth than you're giving it credit for, but, but I also, but I also understand not caring about him. Cause it, it, it right. does feel everything does feel like it happens super quickly right off yeah. the bat. I will definitely yeah. give you that. Um, okay. Well, let's move into some of the, some of the more specifics. Um, how did you feel about the clone thing when it first came up? Cause that was something that like kind of threw me off at first. Um, like the clone thing or like that when he learns what the law is either or both. Like, okay. Because when he when he weren't, learns what the law is, at my first reaction was, so this is like a really mild hostile. Like there's just we're just in a country where they have rules that don't exist in the real world. Like that was my initial reaction. Um, and then the more it played out, the more I was kind of like, okay, that's actually kind of a a cool concept and a cool mechanism to show that you know if you have the money, you have other options, right. Um, you don't have to pay for the consequence, the consequences that others do. Right. Um, the. Cause I think, I feel like that's one of those big, things my, you're either in or you're not right off the bat from well, that moment on. Well, yeah. The, well, the, the, the clone thing was cool at first, <clears throat> but after the, like, and that what, what the first clone was cool at the second clone when he's like beating the, the beating the shit out of what turns out to be a clone of himself with the, um, the bag on his head, with the bag on his head. Yeah. At that point, I'm just sitting here wondering how many people live on this Island? Like if this is something, if they just have free access to all these people that they can make into clones and they've presumably been doing this for a long time, how many people live on this Island? Like how many sources of clone material do you have because uh, well oh you know what i just realized i'm totally full of shit because they're clones they're not other people being okay yeah 
That's, so, what I, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> in my for 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 some reason in my head it was like they were taking other people and turning them into clones. I thought that's what was happening. Oh no. No no, they're just creating clones out of people that have that have the money to not pay oh. the consequences for their own crimes. Well, then the opinion I've been holding on to for the last 18 hours just completely changed. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's really funny. Because I'm not going to lie. I like there, there was something. I don't know why. I don't know why I missed that. But well, there is a point where they say, uh, I don't know how, how people survive on this Island because basically everything is a death sentence. And that was right. kind of what they were saying was because everything is a death sentence, even down to the pettiest crime, uh, how many people could possibly be still living on this island based off of that alone? Right. So that may be where that came from, but I'm not sure. Well, then. Um, Does that I change still, your opinion of it? Yes, it changes my opinion of it, um, because to me, it was a much better way of saying the poor end up getting sacrificed for the benefits of the rich and now it's just i mean it's still kind of a similar message but it's not as macabre now and i liked the macabre idea of like people being turned into clones and then those people being murdered when it's just a clone it's like <laughs> see my first thought whenever he wakes up after having been cloned um was is that really him or not yeah, that's the thing that I was holding on to in the whole the whole movie. I was I could not figure out if this is the original James or if this is the clone of James and the real James got killed the very on the very right. first time. Um, and and that was the thing that bothered me a whole lot. Um, and I did see I did see an interview with Brandon Cronenberg where he said, oh, I definitely know which it is, but I'm never going to say it. People have to figure <laughs> that out for themselves. And I was like. Hell yeah, dude, you that that is you get infinitely more respect from me for not telling everybody, hey, this is exactly what the fuck this movie is about. Here are all the right. answers. Um, and, and he's basically saying you figure it out and you interpret it in the way that you think is best. Um, I think. Uh, I think I think he's a clone. You think at the very end, think, he's a clone. I, 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 I think he's a clone from the very first clone. Um, because there's a scene, the scene right after she looks at him and goes, how could you just sit there and watch like a robot? What the fuck is wrong with you? Right. And that to me kind of drives it home because other, because the, the, the James we see beforehand is very easily rattled. I mean, like all he did was commit manslaughter and he's vomiting. What a pansy. I, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm kidding. Apparently, because I have to make these cl things clear now, that was a joke. Anyway, but no, he's just, he's so easily rattled um, throughout, up up until the, the hit and run. Right. That I have a very hard time believing that the real James would sit there and his only reaction is actually a smirk. Like, I mean, like, it's a very Mona Lisa smirk, but at the end of that scene, after we dolly in a little bit on his face, there's a smirk there and yeah. I don't buy for a second that the James I've seen up until then would have that reaction. I mean, that's definitely interesting. If we look at it, see, and I, and I've been kind of going through the whole clone thing, looking at it as this is him watching parts of himself die based on the things that he does. Um, right. And if you look at it in that way, I think that um, I, I think it is the real James. 
but I also think that um, because he watched a part of himself die, I think that the part that is really rattled and stuff because he's begging and he's he's really messed up. The clone that's tied to the pole is is re- you know he's exactly what you're saying. Because of that, I think that's the part of him that dies first, and which allows him to be able to go through the rest of the movie doing the things that he's doing. Maybe. Again, this is that's just my that's just my interpretation of it. Um, right. But that's the first time he he watches a piece of himself die and immediately after falls in with this group of, of people that are doing horrible things and has very little um very little doubt about any of it. He just goes along with all of it after that. And before that, you know, it, the the worst thing he does is accidentally killing that guy and then watching his clone get killed. Um, is just the piece of him that was stopping him from from becoming this person that we see him become in the rest of the film. Maybe, maybe. I like mine more. <laughs> which is what? Which is it's a clone for the rest of the time. I, well, it may, and it might be. It's it's more sci-fi than psychological, and I like that. Right, and and that's fair. Um, so, okay, well, from there, let's go into the hedonistic stuff that he starts doing, because I think that's the real meat of this movie. Uh, depending, the meat and potatoes. The, the, depending on how you look at it, I guess it could be the the vapid stuff um, that a lot of people are complaining about in this movie. Uh, but, I don't think it's vap. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say, but I, I think personally for me, that was the stuff that really the is the that is the, the the character arc and the progression that we see in this movie comes from all of that. Um, it was um, the hedonistic scenes. Um, I, and I'm going to say how I felt. And then I have to explain because how I felt sounds creepy without context. The, the orgy sex scene and sex scenes are my favorite parts of this movie because of how uncomfortable I watched everyone else in the theater get while they were playing. Dude, it was... So, oh my god, it was so amazing. I'm sitting here by myself, and I'm literally the only person in the theater that didn't come with another person. And the the row in front of me, there were uh, two guys sitting there. Two seats down, there was a couple, and then the row behind me, there was another couple. And while it's happening, I'm sitting here doing this in the theater going. <laughs> I saw and then, behind, I wait, 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 and then for the people behind me, I'm just sitting here going like, like, <laughs> like just trying to glance back. And every one of the one of the couples, the girl was doing this. She was doing this like, like, you know, like when you're six years old and violence comes on and yeah. mom's like, no. Yeah. Um, but but no, in, 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 in all seriousness, I think the um, I think the hedonism was, again, one of those things that felt a little derivative, very um, eyes wide shut kind of thing. Um, but I also think it serves the story. Um. I do think it's a little drawn out and gratuitous and I'm not like, I'm not like uncomfortable with like nudity and sex scenes and stuff like that. Um, it just felt like, okay, we get it. Like, I mean, I definitely felt that the, the reason that I did not rate this higher was because of some of the pacing issues that I have yeah. with it. Uh, and specifically the really trippy sex stuff. Um, mm-hmm. the, it just keeps going and going yeah. and going. Um, yeah. I, I saw a 
<laughs> I saw a really small review on Letterboxd earlier today, and it was somebody that had said that gave it a really bad review. I think it was like half a star or something. Uh, and they said, I took I saw this with my dad and it made us both so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> And so, yes, yeah, that might be another uh, a, another um, uh, point to the side of. Do your research first. Well, um, but I will also say about that, uh, I think this is the kind of stuff that modern cinema needs. This is the stuff that no one does anymore. And it's because everybody is afraid of pissing people off or getting on the wrong side of people. And this is the kind of stuff that in the 70s, the 80s, even some of the 90s was really experimental shit and no one does stuff like this anymore especially in theatrical release movies mm. and i think this is the kind of stuff that we need not necessarily the the nudity and stuff and the drug use and stuff but just pushing the boundaries of that stuff and making people uncomfortable because it serves the story uh, is something that used to happen a lot more than it does now and it is when i was watching it in the theater that's exactly what i was thinking is this we need more stuff like this in modern movies yeah, no, absolutely. I, I I agree with that. Just because I wasn't a huge fan of this particular project doesn't mean that I wouldn't like to see more stuff like this in the movies. Yeah, that was actually one thing that really struck me from the very beginning um, was I can't believe I'm watching this kind of movie in a theater. Isn't that crazy? It, 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 it made me realize I'd never seen a movie like that in a theater before. Yeah. Um, However, it also brings me to a point that uh, you mentioned earlier. You didn't say you agree with it, but uh, I do. I don't think this would have gotten a theatrical release if it weren't for his name. I mean, that's definitely a possibility. I don't uh, and, think so. And some of the what interviews about? I've seen, he almost says as much. He doesn't outright say that, but uh, I think he's aware of that as well. I think he's in a position of being able to do that and really push yeah. the boundaries because of his name. But I don't. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think um, I don't think it's a bad thing. Personally, I don't hold it against him. I think it's indicative of a, very, of a very widespread problem in Hollywood, though. Well, I definitely agree with that. The nepotism and stuff. Yeah, is, I think it's is a, a real it, issue. And, and I this think this is, is a really good of example that, of that. Actually. For sure. And again, yeah. I'm not saying this against David Cronenberg. I'm not saying this against Brandon Cronenberg. I want to be very clear about that. However, this would have never made it into theaters unless without that name, which again, I mean, that's the, the, the problem there is that there's a lot of stuff that gets made. That's this similar vibe that is really good. Um, in my opinion, some of it being better, but you'll never see it in theaters because it doesn't have the pull. Now, the, I guess the other argument to that would be, well, if you were to put Tom Cruise or Chris Pratt into a movie, or not Chris Pratt, is not a good example. If you were to have a choice between Tom Cruise and a, a, a lesser known actor, you're going to go with Tom Cruise because of his name, because of the money that it's going to pull in. So right. it, it might not be the fact that it ended up in theaters um, just, or just ended up in theaters because of his name, but it also probably received the funding because of his name, which honestly isn't that different from what we've been doing with film from the very beginning. Well, it also you're, you're leaving out Possessor completely. I, I think anybody that saw Possessor was like, fuck, yeah, I want more Brandon Cronenberg movies. The people that get it anyway. Um and and there are several people that probably don't and thought that was garbage. But but the, I think for the audience that, that he's trying to reach, uh, Possessor is a great preamble to this. 
Um, and, and it's because of exactly what you're talking about. I think it, it sets expectations. For instance, I watched uh, Lords of Salem for the first time last night, the Rob Zombie movie. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. No. Um, it's so different than every other Rob Zombie movie, but not necessarily in a good way. Um, but his name, I had an expectation of what that movie was going to be because of who made it. And when it when it didn't meet that expectation, that's not necessarily a bad thing, um, but it does leave you sort of confused. Um, yeah. and, and I definitely agree with the fact that that somebody else, you know, a smaller name um, would not be able to theatrical release a movie like this. Uh, I also heard in an interview him say that he went back and forth with the rating board um, over and over and over and over and over again to get an R. Uh, so this is something that. He he genuinely wants people to see it in a theater. And I think you're right. You don't see many movies like this in a theater. And and I loved having the experience of seeing a higher budget art house elevated horror movie in the theater with other people. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. going back to what we were talking about with the, the, the whole drug and orgy scene, um, I have seen people mention, I, I'm not sure if I agree with this or not, but I've seen other people mention that that scene is him selling himself to the devil and and it's more representative of him losing his soul which allows him to go on to do some of the horrible shit that that he does after that and that is well, that why that supposes the existence of a devil but um and and i don't <laughs> i no, i don't I, I i don't i don't mean that in a snarky way i mean <laughs> Religion's never brought into this movie. No, I, I I agree with that, but there is a lot of Satanistic imagery, especially in that whole scene um, that just keeps going and going and going. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but there is a lot of Satanic imagery in that scene, um, and it's not overt necessarily, but it is in there. Um, and so, Again, I think that's more of how you interpret it, but I actually, I, I like the idea of it. I'm not sure I agree with it, but I like the idea that that's the moment where he really falls in with these people and decides I'm going to just be as hedonistic as possible. And, and because that part of him had already died, um, it allows him to do that. But he's a clone. It depends. I mean, regardless of whether he's a clone or not, um, if he is a clone, um, he's a zombie, as they call it. And if he's not, he's already lost a piece of his soul that allowed him to stop himself from doing that. So I think it works either way, uh, you know, and, and if he's a clone, yeah. he didn't have a soul in the first place. And and it didn't really mean much. Right. Um, so I think it, I think it kind of works either way. So um, what do you think about the weird the weird home invasion stuff in this? It's 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 weird, right? The masks and, and the whole thing. Um, the ma- the 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 masks are um, one of the things I had an issue with in this because they're supposed to be like ceremonial tribal masks, but they look like they came out of that Goosebumps episode with the Halloween mask, um, like high quality but still masky. Right. Um, in other words, they look very Western to me. Um, well, it, I think that's part of why this is a uh, fake country because he didn't right. he didn't want to. <laughs> he didn't want to take ceremonial masks or something and, and right. you know, that whole thing. No, they just, they, they, they just, I, I didn't, but the second I saw them, I went, those are, those are, those are horror masks. Those are clearly horror masks. These are not like tribal ceremonial masks. So I didn't really like buy the whole mask 
thing. The masks are cool. The context just wasn't there for me. I, it well, didn't it's such feel... a, I mean, that's such a small part of it, though. I think they touch on that only briefly. They don't really go super in depth to it. I think I think those masks are more. Um, I think they're more about who those people are as individuals when they're on this yeah. island than it is about the ceremonial side of things. I think those masks no, are but definitely they're introduced as such. Yeah, no, they are. They are for sure. Um, but I think it's also part of um, that whole thing is more about using a culture's um, sort of history against them more than mm. it is anything else. I think they wear those masks so that they feel better about committing these horrible acts that they commit. Um, and obviously they're masking themselves and sort of hiding behind this this thing right. that they're doing, but they're using uh, the the country of origins sort of not only laws, uh, but masks against them. I think that's sort of yet another layer of them sort of being rich, have it all assholes and sort yeah. of really not giving a shit. And it's more of a statement on how the West kind of treats the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But but I don't know. With I, well, is there anything else you want to talk about here? Um, we need to talk about the ending. We will talk about the ending. So far, I'm feeling like I, I'm definitely going to give it a second watch. Um, yeah, I would really but, like to see the NC-17 cut of this as well. I don't think I need to. No? I mean, I don't have anything against seeing it. I just don't feel like I'm going to, it's going to add anything. Yeah, he did say it's, it's the same movie, regardless of yeah. what, what cut you see. So, yeah. So anyway, so let's get into the ending, though. OK, um, well, just tell me how you interpret the ending that we'll just start from there, uh, essentially. Um, and we'll we'll kind of start from them chasing down the bus. Let's start there. Um, um, it felt again, this is one of those things that I'm very conflicted about because um, I get what he's trying to say, which is these rich people can do anything and whatever they want on this island. But I also felt like the car chasing and all that stuff. First of all, I did not like Mia Goth in Psycho Mode. Um, there, I thought she did, was great. We haven't even touched on Mia Goth at all. I think she's fucking fantastic I, in this. I thought she was great up until Psycho Mode. And then I feel like she was really sending it in at the end. Like, like overly sending it in. Um, but... I liked her up until then because she's very, very good as the like mysterious something is totally going on with this woman yeah. um, vibe. She's really good at that. But then when she goes full psycho, I was like, I don't like this Mia Goth. No, I'm not. I'm not crazy about it. Like I said, it just it really, really felt like she was really, really going over the top with it. Um, but. As far as them like chasing the bus and everything, let's just start. I don't know. Let's it, start from there because that's the beginning of the the kind of climax of this movie, right? Um, it felt. I don't know. It, it, I'm trying to think of how how to describe it. It, it. 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 The vibe of them chasing down the bus and everything. This is not a movie that a car chase of any kind really feels like the home for. And so that really like kind of like set me off a little bit. But again, it goes into like the structure. Like, I feel like there's so many things in this movie that felt so like 
either out of not necessarily out of place, but like disjointed and uh, structured oddly. I won't say poorly, but structured oddly. Um, and this is one of those things that felt that way. I mean, well, I, I think, again, we're going to get into spoilers here. Um, you come to find out he's he's known where his passport was this entire time. And he didn't really even need to fall in with these people in order to get his passport, because that's right before they Which, do the whole home invasion thing. They tell him, um, you know, I know somebody, but you got to do us a favor and come help us get this thing out of this rich guy's house. Um, he just knows where his passport is. Well, I, and I think that what that is, is him deciding um, that he doesn't want to go back uninspired and as a failure yet again back home with M. Um, and, and I think he hides his passport in order to kind of get away from her because he does say, if you want to leave without me, I'll understand. Um, and I think he's just kind of not wanting to escape without having been inspired in some way they are both insufferable people <laughs> i find m to be insufferable and i found jim james whatever to be a little bit insufferable well, she's the only one responding like an actual person throughout this entire movie she's like what the fuck are you doing where right. where the hell have you been what are you doing um, I, did, I i i it's it, it's that i mean i know there are a couple with like a lot of um with a lot of lack of communication yeah and I always find those characters to be a little bit insufferable because I'm sitting here on the, uh, you know, watching the screen going, just tell him what you want to tell him. Just talk to each other. And yeah. I, so I always find that to be a little bit insufferable. Um, but no, she is by no, she is by no means the worst character in this movie. But but he knows where his passport is. He hides it from her sort of to, I think, to kind of escape her and her kind of overbearing write a book write a book write a book right Be inspired what is wrong with you all of that kind of shit um where's and, my lunch money yeah, yeah 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 and so he grabs his passport and he's like i've had enough of this after after he beats his own clone up he's he kind of figures out that they might not be laughing with him they're laughing at him um and so he sort of tries to get away from them and they hunt him down on the bus um i will say the weird the bus thing is a little strange i didn't i wasn't super in love with that whole thing where they just stop the bus and and order him off and all that stuff um but then it immediately moves on to them making him walk down the street and her telling him you know i didn't ever really read your book you just looked like a fucking idiot that we could make fun of um and that is that is part that i think where this whole movie kind of turns around um I, I don't know. What did you think of that? When you come to find out that all of them have sort of been laughing at him and not with him. Um, it did make me feel a little bad for him. Like a, like a, a, a little bad for him. He's just trying to fit in with these people. Like, but he's 40. You stop well, so, trying to fit in that bad when you're like 18. Well, I mean with high school and stuff like that, obviously, but I mean, that doesn't mean that he, that he, feels like he fits in anywhere else he obviously doesn't feel there, like he he wants to fit in with rich overtly right. wealthy people but he's right. not that way he's married to somebody that does have that he wants he obviously wants to live that life this is another part that felt very derivative of other stuff that i've seen where it's the whole um we were laughing at you not with you it feels like you know mean girls this that you know, whatever that 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 thing it just felt very like yeah 
yeah, that sounds about right. Like, I don't, I, I don't know. It wasn't this like mind blowing ending of, oh my God, they didn't actually like, they, they've been laughing at him the whole time. It just, it, I don't know. It felt very I mean, like, I don't think that's what it's supposed to be though. I think it's more about, um, and, and especially the part where he fights the, the, the feral version of himself. Mm -hmm. I think that's the last part of him that mm -hmm. uh, they want to break down, as it were, and sort of get rid of. And I think the rest of it is them kind of initiating him into this group of theirs. I think mm -hmm. that they want him to realize um, how unimportant he actually is. And, and I think the whole scene where he's fighting himself, the very last scene where he's punching the, the feral version of himself, um, I, I think that sort of is him letting his ego die a little bit and realizing um, how low he actually is and doesn't have much to offer. And, and it's just kind of signifies ego death. Um, mm -hmm. And then, and then him kind of being reborn after that, which is, I think where we get the, um, the breastfeeding scene from. Um, I, I, I think that that throws a lot of people off, but I think that's what it is. It's there's an ego death involved with him killing this last part of himself. That allows him to be this feral, angry person. Um, well, definitely, I mean, it, it blatantly signifies rebirth. Yeah, so. and and so after the after the ego death, the breastfeeding part is obviously him being reborn, um, and then immediately after is them kind of all meeting up on the bus, and they're all dressed normally and being super casual and talking about having to rearrange furniture, and they all go back to this immediate like normal everyday thing. And he is mm -hmm. sitting behind them. Um, and, and I think it sort of is him not being comfortable with not only the things that he's done, but the person that he's become. Um, and, and obviously not fitting in with them, which is why he's sitting at the back of the bus. And, and then at the very end, he decides, I'm not going back home. Um, I am going to stay here through the rainy season and stuff. So part of me thinks, okay, well, your wife's, gonna cut you off i don't know how you think you're gonna survive in this country without your wife's money that's at a resort at a resort, at a resort. that's you didn't insane build a home on the beach yeah you're at a very expensive resort right and and that that part kind of bothered me a little bit um but i also think that it's him basically saying i can't go back to normal life after this stuff these other rich people um they're able to sort of you know put the things that they've done in this little box and kind of leave it there and and he, I don't think, can do that, which is why he decides to stay, regardless of the, you know, the actual money side and all that kind of stuff. I think that's mm -hmm. just him being unable to move on from everything that he's done. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 th I think at that point um, of the movie, I was just kind of I wasn't into it anymore at that point. I was right. just like, I, I, again, it just the whole thing. The, the the pretension the blatant pretentiousness of it was an immediate turnoff for me that by the end I think everything was just kind of happening for me um I am gonna give it a second watch to like rewatch it from a more objective point of view but I'm not gonna lie man like as soon as it felt elevated on purpose um I really kind of checked out of this one that man um, that that is so disappointing dude because it's like there's so much in here. Um, and, and the fact that it's merely trying to take itself more seriously and, and have layers and depth, um, 
turns you off i guess i i, I don't know that's just i i find that disappointing no it, was, no it wasn't just that that's that's a part of it it wasn't just that like i said it, it, the biggest part of this and I, and I said this last night so much of this the the actual story felt derivative for me that i just i didn't feel like i was watching anything um special um, again, the imagery is beautiful. It is. And I, it's not like I checked out. I wasn't paying attention anymore. It, it The imagery is beautiful. The cinematography is great, but I just felt like there wasn't anything. It's not that it feels derivative of other stuff because everything's derivative of something. It felt derivative of stuff that's either currently popular or has recently been popular. Like, and so like that's what, why, for instance. Well, like I said, like, like, uh, the, 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 the whole thing with old where it's it's this it's this artsy look. And um, and, and again, White Lotus, like the, the, the premise of it just feels very derivative. I don't know how I don't know how else to say it. Just of, of everything that you've seen where it's, you know, not, not just the resort setting, but it's just. I don't know. I didn't like it, but you loved the menu. For that exact I, same reason, I did. I did love the menu, but in this, it's like rich people versus rich people, whereas the menu was more um, somebody downtrodden working on a um, th that was passionate about something. Well, that, I, I mean, I'm, I say that because the menu is got a lot of the same messages as this does yeah. rich people doing and being doing horrible things and being able to get away with horrible things. Um, because of their money and privilege. Um, and, and I just think they don't overtly say any of that, but it is definitely the message of all of it as well as the menu. Um, but, but I just think they go about saying it in different ways. And, and I would say the subtlety is a little bit more buried in infinity pool than it is in the menu. And it's not as overt about it. I would not say that, uh, the menu is a better movie. I would say I had more fun with the menu than I did with this though. Well, it's um, definitely, it's definitely structured better. I will give you yeah. that. Um, I just, and, and that's not to say it's better or worse. I just, I had more fun with it. Like I said, I'm going to go back and watch infinity pool again, because again, at, at, at a certain point I was just kind of over I love the cinematography, but there is something about the overt pretentiousness of infinity pool that was a huge turnoff for me and it's I, I not i think i may just have a different level of pretentiousness then because it's pretentious but i didn't find it distracting in that way i thought it was overtly pretentious like pretentious on purpose not for the sake of like pushing the story through with imagery but almost like it was on purpose and part of the writing process that that's how it felt to me <laughs> that's so weird because that's exactly how i felt about the menu uh and i hated the menu and you loved it but i love this and you hate this i didn't so, say i hate it you did no, you I did didn't. actually multiple said, times you said i have a text message of and it just okay, says no, i hate no. this period okay first of all you're a dick for bringing that up second of all i meant in reference to this review i even said earlier that okay. i told you i hated it and then i had to sit there and actually right, process that's that's what fair. i thought and everything okay, so that's no i i initially hated it because again because of how unbelievably pretentious this movie is it, it but at the same time 
the more I thought about it, the more I was like, okay, I did. Maybe that was unfair. And I'm still holding on to that opinion that that may be unfair, but going into this review, having not watched it a second time, that's how I feel upon my first viewing of it. We may have to do a follow-up episode to this one. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Um, I, I walked out of this theater completely blown away. I, I mean, I just, I loved it up and down, loved it. And, and it's got some pacing issues for sure. Um, but I think Alexander Skarsgård is incredible in this. Yeah. Oh, he's good. Um, yeah. Mia Goth is incredible in this. Uh, and the two of them playing off 90%. of each other, <laughs> the two of them playing off of each other, I think works beautifully. I, I also think the script is really, really well developed. I, mm-hmm. I don't find it nearly okay. Now I've never seen white Lotus. I will, I will say that. So that is not a reference point that I have. Um, but I found it really refreshing and different. And, and, and honestly, I, I, I thought it was a really good character of study of somebody who, who supposedly has it all, but still doesn't think that they are enough and, and tries to find ways of, of being inspired and feeling better about themselves. And you literally just described Jennifer Coolidge in White Lotus. Okay, well, I again, either way, I don't have that that reference point. No, that's so, fair. That's so, fair. but but that's exactly what this movie is, and and I think that honestly, um, the way that the the self awareness that this was written with is is fantastic. Again, you have to also remember he wrote this script in 2014. This is almost a nine to ten year old script. So I mm-hmm. don't know how old White Lotus. I don't even know what the it's fuck new. White Lotus is. It's new. It, um, it, it's uh, it, uh, first of all, before somebody calls me out, White Lotus is very much like a dark, dark like drama comedy. So I'm uh, I'm not saying like the way things play out necessarily is White Lotus, but there are a lot. I was watching and I was getting a lot of vibes as far as um just the way things were playing out. They're obviously very different projects. Well, you're not the getting... first one I've heard say that though. I, I yeah. saw on letterbox, multiple people saying uh, the, the one that sticks out in my head was this is the great next episode of white Lotus. It's, um, it, it, it's basically if a 24 made white Lotus, that's how that, that that's right. kind of how it felt because there, 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 there's a lot of drug usage and there's a lot of, um, uh, characters going through, uh, different, uh, tribulations and, um, and trials and, um, which I understand is a very like basic concept, but like if you watch white Lotus and then you watch this, it's it's hard not to see a lot of similarities i mean that's fair um okay well why don't you go go ahead go ahead and give me your final thoughts and your rating on this film i am gonna give this a tentative five out of ten wow i'm gonna give it a tentative five out of ten um it's worth a second watch um i think it deserves a second watch for sure. Uh, because like I said, I do not hate this. I left the theater drunk going, that was rough. And then my brain went, hey, hey, angry asshole. Maybe sit there and think about it for a minute first. And so I definitely thought um, you were going to go lower than that for sure. After the conversation on the phone we had last night after you saw yes, it. Yes. Yes. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to go with a tentative five out of 10. I'm going to give this another watch. Uh, I'm not going to go watch it in the theaters for a second time. I don't need to. Um, I think the um, 
I also, that was the other thing. I don't, this is probably something you're going to disagree with. I don't think you have to go see this in theaters for any other reason than to support the creators of it. Um, there's nothing that really happens in this movie that I think um, a good entertainment system uh, wouldn't make it just as enjoyable. No, I agree with that. I, but I, I do think the, the experience of seeing it with other people was dope. Uh, me too, for different reasons. Right. You enjoyed it. Because I we all I, we also don't know what kind of people were in the theater that you were at, but the people well, there was only in, like six other people in the theater. Yep, um, yep, me too. Um, so, and none of them looked like they were having a good time. Well, they, I like, will say when it ended, uh, everybody kind of stuck around for like a good minute and a half to kind of like, and and it just kind of felt like it was a collective like, oh, oh. <laughs> see i thought everybody maybe that's why everybody was doing it in my theater because i thought everybody in the theater i was in was sitting there waiting for like some end credit scene right no i think it's more about like oh that's the, the ending because because i think this goes into something we talked about in our last episode about elevated horror the ending is not super clear and it and it kind of leaves it up to your interpretation of of what's going on, whether he's a clone or not, and why didn't he go home and, and all these other things. Cause they don't overtly tell you. Um, right. but I don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, no. but it, but it does leave, this is, this might, and this might be the problem with it being a th theatrical release. Um, I don't think it means that it's a bad film, but I just think that it means that a lot of audiences are so used to being told this is, this is what happened. And, mm -hmm. and they're just not used to, this kind of a movie um right. and so it just it, it felt i have nothing to back this up other than the vibes i got at the end of the film it, it felt like everybody was just kind of like oh oh okay <laughs> like that's kind of how it felt with with everybody nicole and i Where's walked Ultron? out of that nicole and i walked Sorry. out of that movie both going that was amazing that was incredible i loved that and and kind of breaking it down and talking about what it meant and all that kind of stuff um and i think in that way it's a really good thing to see with other people because yeah. afterwards you can kind of talk about what it meant and how they interpreted it versus how you interpreted it. Um, but yeah, I think for me, um, this is a nine out of 10. I, I loved it. I'm not going to give it a 10 out of 10 because there are some really clear pacing issues. I don't think this needs to be two hours. Um, no. there's some God stuff that damn, could no, very easily be cut without, without losing any of the, the meaning or, or context behind it. Um, and so in that way, I don't think it's a perfect 10. Um, but I absolutely loved this. It's layered. It's deep. The cinematography is amazing. The lighting is incredible. The imagery is beautiful. The, the acting is phenomenal. Um, the script is great. He directed the crap out of this and and i think that the fact that he had enough balls to try to get this theatrical theatrically released uh is is commendable and and i think he knows putting it out there as a wide release for this many people to see that a lot of people are not going to get it but i think the people that do get it really enjoy it and and i think this is i have not seen antiviral um but he is two for two for me so i loved possessor I loved this. I, I think that this is a really, really strong film and, and there is a lot to say about it. It says a lot. 
about uh, about not only rich people but th- how the West treats the rest of the country. Um, and it's just really layered and really deep, and I loved it a lot. And and none of it is overt, and it is all up for interpretation. And that is exactly my kind of movie. So I absolutely loved this. So let us know. Let us know what you guys thought about this movie. I know this is a super divisive movie. Um, Mm -hmm. All I have seen is people going, this is garbage or this is a masterpiece. I don't know if there's many in the middle people for this. Um, So let us know how you guys felt about this down in the comments. Uh, If you like this, make sure you hit the like button. If you really liked it, make sure you hit the subscribe button because we get a lot more content like this on this channel. I think the next few videos that we're going to be doing are probably going to be solo videos um, and we'll take a kind of couple week break off the podcast thing, get back to doing some solo stuff. Um, And and thank you to all the new subscribers. We really super appreciate it. We've been growing pretty well. Um, Anything else before we get out of here? No, no, I think that's hit the much like it. button, leave a leave a comment, leave a review on the podcast side of things if you're feeling it. Um, so thank you guys for watching and or listening, and we will see you guys next time from the deep. Bye bye.